<laughs> Hello and welcome to Ghoulies Unflushed. Uh, this is going to be our last show for a while. <laughs> let's, let's call it the end of season one. Um, yeah. But we will be back and uh, we have a cool we show. We shall. What? We shall, we shall be back. We'll, we'll be back in some We'll get you in the end, basically. Ah, look at him. <laughs> um, yes, we have a good show to end with this run with. Um, so I guess we should really get mm. to the news. <laughs> I thought we'd do the kind of like silly bits of news first, and then we can literally get into the good stuff. Okay. okay? What I wanted to ask yep. you, Paul, did you, mm-hmm. you did receive your Ghoulies 4 score. I did. But from By Soundtracks. By Soundtracks. Yes. Com. Ha- yes. Have you listened to it? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I've unsealed it and I quite liked how they came with um it was sealed, mm. but then there was an extra slip cover, wasn't there? Like the booklet yeah. signed by Chuck. I thought that was really cool. Yes. That's how I used to get stuff from... Um, oh, what did I get? La La Land Records. They used to do that. They probably still do. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, cool. No, I've never seen that before. Oh, that's cool. So mm. you, whether are you going to open it and listen to it? or? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. I've opened it already, yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah, okay, I, I haven't opened it. I haven't had a chance to really listen to it. I've been a very busy man. <laughs> well, yeah, but you, you could have listened on the uh, digital file that they give you for free. I know. It's just, I don't know why I haven't done that, to be honest. You should do that. It's good. Then you don't have to. Then you don't have to open it. You just keep it forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got mine too. I got a signed version. Luckily, we were part mm-hmm. of the, the 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 first fifty. Then uh, I was going to yep. post about it, but um, someone beat me to that. Who was it? Someone posted something be- uh, before us. Was it Jacob Ray? Was it? It could have been. Someone was like, "Hey, I got mine." Someone. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> He's in America. So. Yeah. He's quick. But there's no point in me going. Oh, I got it too. A week later. So. Oh. We we skip that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what also also um, you, 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 we are both very much aware of, but uh, and I don't know how to pronounce this name, so I'm going to butcher it as usual. But <laughs> Jacqueline Valenzuela, is that correct? Yes. Uh, posted. Yeah, I was thinking more Joaquin, as in Joaquin Phoenix. But well, I thought that's how I you pronounce Jacqueline Phoenix. <laughs> oh, I don't. Know. I always thought it's. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to I'm go sure to one of those below. online things where it says how to pronounce the word and it goes Jaquan yeah. <laughs> um, is it Jaquan Jaquan is it Jaquan Phoenix then or you I just thought that's what it was trying to ja- make it Jaquan, sound Jaquan 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 I thought ja- it was something like that Jaquan okay well it, maybe it could be Jaquan I've watched documentaries on his death why can't I remember I don't know on on Jaquan Phoenix, not not um, <laughs> no, it was your kid. Well, on, to be fair, it's a bit, it's very kind of uh, Del Boy Trotter, is it Jaquin? So yeah. I'm I'm more than likely wrong. I'm not a huge or Jaquan Phoenix fan, so I don't know. You've watched the documentaries, you should know. Um, yeah. Anyway, on his death. Oh, yeah. You know what I was thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> you know, for, who was I thinking of? Who's the guy um, who uh, played Joker and was in Gladiator? No, hang about. I'm getting my my phoenixes mixed up. <laughs> river that Phoenix. You're thinking of River Phoenix. Phoenix. I'm thinking of River Phoenix. <laughs> wow. And who's the who's the Jaquan? Jaquan is the Joker, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, but what's his last name? I think Phoenix, isn't it? It is Phoenix. Is it brother. Phoenix? Yes, yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're, get, we're talking outside of Ghoulies now. We're getting yeah, um, yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway, we, it was we just, don't know. We okay, don't. we'll get, get, we'll, get back. We'll, we'll cut that bit. Um, okay, so <laughs> Jacques Valenzuela's. No, I don't even know what that. Is. Anyway, this guy, he's a very good artist. Yeah, he's done so, he's done a good yeah. little thing in the past. Anyway, this morning on Facebook, uh, he shared uh, his new sculpt of fish ghoulie. Yes, from the original ghoulies. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. which it makes me more excited because it's actually something from the first movie for a change. It, look, it looks, yeah, it looks, it looks. Yeah, very close to the real thing. It does to to the Ghoulies one. It's like it's like I, I think I mentioned when we were talking about the trick or treat ones. I was like, why can't somebody make one that looks like it's out of the film? Yes, you know, whether it's one, two, three, or four. Yeah, preferably not four, but no, no. <laughs> one, two, or three. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, it does look like out of four because they did use um, some clips. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're footage, right. Yeah, they all footage, Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and here we go. Someone's gone and done it. They have, and uh, mm-hmm. I haven't got a tape measure in front of me. It, uh, okay, so he's got this. I, I, I did you popped. I knew he was doing this because he said the other day that he was going to do this and Speedy from yeah. Part Two. Yeah, he's already done back Goody. There's been pictures. He of has, as well. but that's like a figure, right? That's like a little couple of inch big thing. That's, that was it. Yeah, I don't. I, I believe so. Okay. If I'm wrong, even better because I thought it, I thought it was a big one. Oh, really? Well, that, oh, wow. I thought it was. I presumed it was. It looked good. Yeah. No, it did look good, yeah. Oh, okay. If he's a bit, I, okay, in that case, I might have completely misunderstood that. So, anyway, woke up this morning, saw that he stuck a picture on um, of this fish ghoulie uh, full-size replica he's doing from the first movie. Yeah. Originally, I think I'm so used to seeing slightly... Uh, sort of artistic interpretations of this thing. Yeah. That when I first looked at yeah, it, I was yeah. like, hmm? And then I'm like, and I, it sort of like grew on me for a couple of minutes, and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, this is pretty much spot on. Yeah, um, it's really nice. Apparently, it's 33 centimeters in height. What's that in inches, Paul? That's uh, about f- sixteen inches. Sixteen inches. Which, yep that 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 sounds about right for the first yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. So, and also, I'm going through comments on here, and he said, um, it's also it's latex, right? It's going to be latex, mm-hmm. but okay. it's going to be articulated. Yeah, the arms are going to be articulated. I'm not sure how he's going to articulate the arms, but however, great. Mm-hmm. And he also said, also, the mouth might be articulated as well. So it's not a puppet. Right. It's literally a prop, like a latex prop. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I suppose the Trick or Treat Studios ones aren't really puppets because they've not got that much articulation. But it mm-hmm. looks great. And he's going to do, apparently he's going to do, um, he's doing that in Speedy, I think. And I think he's also doing yeah. it. But he said he's going to do every ghoulie from the first two movies. Cool. Obviously, that depends on how they sell, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think he said they were going to be 250 Or at least fishes, right? British pounds. I don't know. It could be euros. Where is he? Spain, Italy, euros. something like that, isn't he? Yeah. Right. So it could be euros, which works out Spain, about I think. just over 200 quid. Um, which would mean it would be in line with the uh, trick or treat. Trick or treat, yeah. Except you know this, you know, could be better. Very different though to the trick or treat ones. It is. It's more. It's it's in scale. It's 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 screen accurate. I mean, the trick or treat yeah. are pretty screen accurate too. Not a hundred percent. Pretty screen accurate too. But I'm just I'm just happy that we're seeing some stuff from the first movie that looks good. Yeah, you know, it does look amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm very very good. I'm quite excited. I'll be generally interested in picking one up 
Generally interested. Gen- genuinely. Oh, oh, oh okay. I'll just like, generally uh, uninterested. Gen- gen- I'm generally interested. Uh, no, that's it. <laughs> I did see someone post those. They put the comment and they said, I've already ordered the one from part two. Yeah, you I saw like, that. You yeah, ignored it. A different got, one. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Very different. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, ah, one more bit of um, uh, news before we get to our um, vintage things. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> anyway, I should just mention uh, Phil Fondacaro has a new YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. Phil has uploaded the fantastic short film Bit Players, um, which is hilarious and rather poignant, uh, and is planning on uh, uploading a bunch of exclusive content direct from himself. Uh, very soon so subscribe Ooh. don't miss it's going to be cool there's going to be some cool stuff yeah. uh, I'm not sure what it is but um, he's going to do some <laughs> stuff um, his channel yeah. is simply called Phil Fondacaro um, but if you search bit players Phil Fondacaro you'll find it he's got one thing yeah. uploaded at, at the moment that's it mm-hmm. but um, if you've not seen bit players it's brilliant you watched it for the first time the other day didn't you I watched it yeah the first time I've ever seen I thought it was really cool obviously it's got Bern Troyer in it as well mm-hmm um, but yeah, I thought it was very good. Really enjoyed it. It's funny. It's very funny. Yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. really good. It's the sort of thing you want to see extra on a on a DVD. Yeah, because at the moment, it's it, it, I I really had to look for it when I first watched it a few years back, and I found it. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. So no, you'd never heard of it. Oh, okay. I must have mentioned it, and I was like, oh, I've got to watch this then. Um, yeah, I found, and it, I, th- I don't know, but I know he's, he he did say um, he wanted to find a good quality version to upload you know yeah and it, mm-hmm. it's probably the best i've ever seen it um so yeah go mm-hmm. watch that it's really funny it's about it's basically um uh, phil and Vern um getting ready to play what are they called munchkins oompa loompas oompa loompas that's it and charlie and the chocolate yeah. factory <laughs> <laughs> what are, i always get confused with that and the wizard of oz because i know because phil was in um yeah, that's wizard of oz, yeah. over the rainbow Munchkins. so uh yeah mm-hmm. yeah no it's, it's really really funny um and also um i think he's kind of more active on facebook now so go and follow him if you haven't followed him no yeah he's, and, and instagram as well he's been i've seen stuff coming as well from instagram the stuff on instagram so, yeah. yeah 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 stuff everywhere yeah yes. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. And if you haven't already checked it out, you must check out our previous episode with Phil Fondacaro. Oh, yes. What was that? 11? I can't remember the name. I was 16. hoping you were going to say the number. 11, 12, 13. Yeah. <laughs> it was somewhere between 1 and 18. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So here we go. Okay, let's do Let's do that. Yeah, check Phil out. Now there's this. Yep. This is the meat of the news, which is really not mm-hmm. even news because it's just shit that we found <laughs> when we were trawling the internet. Would you like to go first, Paul, or do you want me to go first? Yeah, why not? I'll go first. Um, I just found a, a little snippet of information. Um, I was just having a little play around on the Internet Archive, which is probably a quite a well-known website, um, full of archives of stuff, loads of stuff. Um, I simply searched Ghoulies and did it as a text search and if you do that it'll loads of stuff pops up loads of fangoria magazines blah 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 gore zones all the all the stuff which you may or may not have seen already but um there was like a one magazine called the splatter times um from summer 1984 uh, and there's an interview with fred olin ray who's uh, a B-movie director, actually one of my favourite directors, good friends of Jim Wynorski as well, both did Dinosaur uh, Island, one of my favourite films. Old 8-Minute Wynorski. <laughs> what, um, yeah. is it 8-Minute, 9-Minute? I can't remember. Um, 8-Minute. What, uh, 
What's Fred Olin? Now it's a name I know. Hasn't he done quite a few things? Hollywood Chainsaw uh, Hookers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah he's he's done done a lot. Of, yeah, yeah, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. She was in that. Yeah, he's the last thing I heard. He uh, went to um, he went to do like Lifetime movies. Yes, he's done and, a lot um, of those. And well he recently. won't and he won't talk to anyone anymore. He's apparently he's too good for everyone else. He, now. he, he does stand up comedy time. now as well. <laughs> does, does he, he really? Comedy. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's still very active and around. But um, this is a very old interview from 1984, um, and they're just talking about. I think it was Alien Dead, one of his films out of the time, and they just got on the subject of where it was being filmed, and um, the subject of Roger Corman's studio came up. Um, and the interviewer mentions that um, John Beekler, I think he was involved in some special effects, and, and then uh, Fred Odin Raid had said that. Have you got it in front of you? I haven't. Oh. I haven't got it in front of me, but I remember well, I it. Didn't you, didn't you send it to <laughs> I me? I did have like... it when I had three screens, <laughs> but it's gone now. Well, can't you get it up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've got it memorised. Oh, really? Oh, okay, go on then. Sorry. Anyway, they, they were on. discussing, and, and he, uh, Fred and Ray Pips were about John Beekler. I think at, the, at this time, John Beekler was fairly unknown. This is this is just as Googly, before, or just as Ghoulies got filmed, hmm. and said that basically... Um, he was trying to get a director gig and he did the work on Ghoulies and then he directed one segment of Dungeon Master, which we know about. That was before um, Ghoulies. That was before Ghoulies. So, they, yeah, basically he, he was saying that, uh, Fred and Ray was saying that John managed to do a segment on um, Dungeon Master to try and get into the directing gig and then they brought up the subject of Ghoulies, which had just been filmed at, at Roger Corman's... Um, Boneyard, is it? Ham and Lumberyard. Lumberyard, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and he said about the fact that the sets, the set was still there, the basement set was still there and complete, and they were filming another some other Roger Corman stuff there. But what was really interesting was he mentioned the strike where nobody got paid, everyone's checks bounced, and apparently he, apparently he said that um, there was threats they were going to rip up and destroy all the sets until they got paid. And there was some quite sort of uproar on the scene. I thought that was really interesting. And obviously that's dated from 1984. So that was very, very shortly after it happened. So I know we've heard rumours about people not getting paid and things, but that was kind of from that time, which I thought was very cool. Didn't he say something like, um, okay, you sent me this, something like the the security guys, what did he say about the security people? (laughs) Can you remember? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what it was now, uh, but it's something to do with look, guy. Oh, I don't know what it was. You know, if you were more prepared, <laughs> I had it on the screen, but you made me restart my computer. Oh, I've got it in front of me now. Okay, cool. It's cool. on the phone. Well, I hope you can cut this bit out because I'm going to have to read it. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> oh, just leave it and make it look like a bumhole. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. So all the uproar that happened when, when everyone's checks bounced and no one's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, so according to Fred and Ray, Charles Band had to hire an armed guards to armed. guard Roger's, Roger Corbin's studio because he was afraid that they were going to destroy all the sets and stuff and the, and the bits which obviously didn't belong to Charles Band. It was all Roger Corbin stuff. <laughs> so, yes, very, very interesting. Obviously, yeah, could have been... 
a lot of trouble there if uh, everyone just destroyed the sets on Roger Corman's property <laughs> and it was Charles Band's fault because he hadn't paid people or, or the checks had bounced. Yeah. Well, that was... When was when was this? What what it was it, When was it in 84, this was? Uh, it just says summer 84 was the, it was the issue. Summer 84. Okay. Yeah. So this yeah. would have been... Because sh- this was shot sort of late 83, early 84. So that would have... It would have still been reasonably fresh. Yeah. That. He did he did he kind of slates the ghoulies as well, which is annoying. Yeah, read what he, he says. Said the ghoulies the ghoulies don't even So after Beakler did his little stint on Rage War, of course he comes out and does the Ghoulies puppets. The Ghoulies puppets don't even have glass eyes. He just painted them right on. <laughs> and the whole thing's real strange. The crew tried to destroy the sets at one point because I heard everybody's checks bounced. Charles Band hired armed guards to guard Roger's studio. He rented some of Roger's studio and then bounced a check on Roger. Oh, so he bounced a check on Roger as well. Mm. Wow. Which is the last thing you'd ever even want to do around here. But anyway, he hired an armed guard to protect his sets because the art department had been had been like fronting a lot for Band when he didn't have money. And then all of a sudden, all their checks bounced <laughs> and the art department and the crew was outside. They wanted to break in and trash the sets. And Tom Campbell just went to this guy and said, look, everybody else's checks bounced. Before you go get yourself killed, I'd make sure your check didn't bounce too. That's the bit I was trying to get you. And that's how it was told. So, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Nice little snippet just out of nowhere, just from a little very random search. A little bit of goss. um, A little bit of gossip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so I sent that to you. I thought, oh, that's cool. That is cool. I'm sure there's a lot more on that archive as well. But I was just that's literally on my phone, sat there having a quick search, and up it popped. That's good. Yeah, no, I like a little yeah. bit of juicy dirt. You know, juicy, <laughs> juicy. <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> right. So that's very interesting, Paul. So <laughs> no, see, it was. Um, last episode, we found a vintage review on Ghoulies Two. Uh, in video, the magazine. Um, yes. This week, uh, another review. This time on Ghoulies from Video World. Um, it's not a positive one. So brace yourself, Paul. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and before we do this, uh, this also means that Ghoulies was released uh, around the same times around the same time as Gremlins onto VHS. So that would have been because we were saying it was likely end of November. This is mm. Ghoulies was released. Early December '85, and this is in the same issue. So I would imagine this is going to be mid December '85, early December. Yeah, you know they they're going to bring it at the same time, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Right, fine. Okay, okay, I'm going to read it. Um, oh, it also says '18 Ghoulies Entertainment in Video '18, which it isn't. It says '86 minutes, which it isn't. <laughs> and it also says the star is Peter Lapis, which. It is, but they've spelt his name wrong. They've they've spelt it L A P I S as opposed to L I A P I S. Right, yeah. Ugh. So that gives you a good hint as to how bad this is going to be. Yeah. But I shall read it as quick as possible because I'm not very good at doing this. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, it's got two stars. Which it isn't as well. So there's another. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Which it isn't either. It's not two star film, is it? No, at all? it's a five star That's film. That's wrong as well. It's a, yeah. it's a six star film. <laughs> Would we do a podcast on a two star film? No. No, exactly. Would we? St- no. <laughs> would we still be talking about a two star film? No, it would not. Whoever wrote this. No. Hang on a minute. Who is it? <laughs> AB. I don't know if it'll say who wrote it. Hang on a minute. AB, AB, AB. Um... Oh, that'd be Alan. Alan. 
Um, this is the guy from Darkseid. Okay. Alan. Oh my god! You're never gonna fucking believe this. You never guess who what? the editorial director is of this magazine, Video World. <laughs> Charles Band. No, this is insane. Paul Ashford. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Okay, Emmett, where is it? Wow. Well, yeah, what did I say? AB. AB. Alan. I'm sure it's Alan. It's on the tip of my. I used. To, I remember that magazine from the nineties, and that, it's the guy that does the Dark Side magazine. Does it? Well, who's I'm AB? Sure I can't AB. find anyone who says A. Who's called? Got the initials AB? Because I was going to name and shame him, but oh, there isn't I need anyone. Real quick. Oh well. All right, we'll get to it anyway. I didn't realise you edited this, so that's uh, quite no, nice to know, Paul. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to find out. I need to find out. What? Oh god. Don't worry. I'm going to. Re- well, you. While you find out, I'll read it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Charles Band, king of low-budget horror flicks, rips off Gremlins with this occult shocker. It's about a nice young lad named Jonathan, Peter Lapis, spelt wrong, who inherits a huge mansion from his <laughs> departed dad. He promptly moves in and throws a party for all of his pals, which he rounds off with a black magic ritual, just for fun. Of course, this isn't a good idea, because a few mystic words from a dusty old book summon up the ghoulies. Horrid little creatures with voracious appetites, whom tend to make an entrance from out of soup tureens or toilet bowls. <laughs> See, you wouldn't have got an American uh, mag calling them soup tureens, would you? <laughs> this doesn't... And you know what as well? I find uh, reviews from this era, they always try and kind of make a mockery of the movie. They're always trying to be funny. Yeah. They, I yeah. don't know whether it's just this kind of like, oh, look, 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 it's, it's a bit funny, you know? That pisses me mm-hmm. off. <laughs> Aside from the fact they're trash and ghoulies. This doesn't go down a bomb with the guests, and all the noise they make eventually wakes up dear old dad, who just happens to be buried in an unmarked grave in the garden. Well, it's a marked grave because his gravestone's there. (laughs) So it makes you think, did they watch it? He is actually a warlock. Everybody knows that warlocks and ghoulies go together, and has planned all this mayhem to reincarnate himself. But Jonathan has also inherited some of Pop's witchcraft skills. Can he... Better him in a psychic punch-up. <laughs> See? <laughs> okay. The best thing... Here we go, there we go. The best thing about this fairly average horror movie is the title terrors, lovingly created by makeup ace John Beekler. They are both funny and disgusting. Unfortunately, the story that showcases from is a tedious black magic pot boiler that has little humour and even less in the way of genuine thrills. The first half of the film is a real drag. And though it livens up a bit when the ghoulies appear on the scene, they're not really integral part of the story. It seems they're just around as window dressing to a tired old occult possession plot, and are quickly scooted out of the way before the lacklustre battle of sorcerers that gives the movie its climax. The cassette's clever packaging is designed to give audiences the idea that this film is as wickedly funny and scary as Gremlins, which I can promise you it isn't. On the other hand, if you're not too fussy, I know. <gasps> if, uh, if you're not too fussy and on the lookout for something passably spooky to watch with your ghoulie friend, then I suppose it will just about do. <laughs> and it also has a picture of a uh, close-up of a uh, rat ghoulie above the review, as you can see there. Oh. I'll show you that. I'll scan this for you. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a nice picture. Yeah, he looks lovely, <laughs> doesn't he? There. Um, so yes, um, I'm not very impressed with that. So I'll burn that in a no. minute. A B though is Alan Bryce. Oh, Alan, is that Alan Bryce? 
Yeah, <laughs> he does Dark Side magazine. Oh well, Alan. And he, he did that magazine as well. But he's he's a massive horror fan, so I'm quite surprised he's trashing it. But yeah, but this is what we used to find as well. Maybe it, I said it was trashed. popular back then. No, yeah. it was popular to trash this stuff when it was just coming out. And yeah. they look back at mm. these movies and go, wow, it's, actually, it's really good, actually. So, Alan, you bumhole, <laughs> write a new review. <laughs> a better one. Um, oh, maybe that was it. A.B. Alan Bumhole. A. <laughs> <laughs> bumhole. Um, okay, so... Oh, also, it says the price for Ghoulies was forty nine ninety five. And I did Ooh. double check the the, uh, the comparison price uh, to Gremlins, uh, just because you know it was G, and uh, Gremlins mm-hmm. was fifty nine ninety five. So you know, just because you pay more doesn't mean you get a better movie. <laughs> 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 so there we go, Alan Bryce. Yeah, great, yeah. great, good writer. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Dark. What do you do now? Dark Side Magazine. Dark Side magazine, yeah. I've never read it. I'm still, I'm, I know it has a I'm lot of going. fans, so perhaps he's a yeah kinder in his reviews now. <laughs> um, is that it? Is that is that we got the news wise? I think that's all the news I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. What were you looking at? Mm. Oh, was that you were looking for Alan Bryce? Weren't you? I was. I was checking his name. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do our guest. Yes. Yes. Big guest is as well. Another another amazing guest uh, in the name of in the name of in the form of. <laughs> In the shape of, will that work? In the shape of, in the shape yes. of, Erin Kruger McCash, um, aka Erin Kruger, when she was back on Ghoulies Two, Erin uh, mm-hmm. was uh, so kind to speak with us. I mean, yeah, as you said, she's a big deal, you know. Very big deal, yeah. Very big deal. Ghoulies Two was her first real job, and even though you'd think, where can you go from there? You know, you did Ghoulies too. <laughs> well, yeah. she's she's now one of the biggest, if not the biggest, makeup artist working in Hollywood today. So uh, we're very mm-hmm. lucky to uh, grab Extremely her lucky. Uh, uh, after a few false starts, yeah. um, which we did. She did mention because uh, you know she did kind of tried. She tried to avoid us, didn't she? You know, yeah. try to avoid our calls, <laughs> but we we finally got her. Um, so, <laughs> uh, anyway, she was very very lovely. Uh, it's got great stories about Empire and the times she worked on Ghoulies and many other little movies of that period. Uh, so please, uh, you know, open your ears and uh, shut your eyes <laughs> and uh, come with us as we float back into the days of Empire Pictures and Ghoulies Two. And I don't know why I'm speaking like this. I didn't write anything down this week for an introduction, so I'm making it up. That's why it's shit. <laughs> Shall we just cut to it, and then, well, this is it. This is it. Enjoy the interview. It's fantastic. Uh, bye. <laughs> That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm finally. good, thank I'm you. So we, we finally got you. <laughs> you did. I'm finally off work and picked up when it said unknown caller. I never do that. So. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, for that. thank you for trusting us. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, though, we, I've been trying to do a little bit of digging about you um, and your time at Empire, and there's actually very little um, information out there for some reason. So. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping you have a good memory because we're going to grill you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll try my best. 
I was a teenager when I worked for them and I didn't work for them very long. Maybe like, I did like, Oh gosh. I mean, we worked on so many films in like eight months. It was like eight films maybe. So (laughs) I think I worked there from like September to like March the following year. I think it wasn't very long. Oh, they just crammed a lot in then. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, they did all that stuff where they'd make a poster Mm. with all the pictures of the posters on it and then make movies about the posters. Yeah. So <laughs> I was always really impressed with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was their MO. Well, um, I'm, I'm kind of curious then, just before you get to the, the, the Empire um, era, um, I kind of want to hit on the early genre, genre stuff surrounding Goodies, but where did it all start for you? Where, where, what were you interested in as a kid, and what led you to you getting the job at Empire? Um, well, I was, I've always been a big fan of monsters. I've, I loved makeup and horror films and everything from the time I was little. Um, my parents always were avid moviegoers and they'd take me to see all kinds of stuff. I mean, I was influenced by Star Wars and watched a lot of Saturday film festival, classic horror stuff and King Kong and, you know, all kinds of hammer films. They used to show those here for some reason in the middle of the day on Saturday. So we got, <laughs> we watched those um, all the time. And um, I grew up in the seventies. I was a little kid in the seventies. And then um, I kind of was at that perfect age when I was like 14 to be able to ride my bike to the movie theater in the summer. And that was like, you know, the big grand era of like 81, 82, 83, <clears throat> when it was like the height of all kinds of fun movies from, you know, more Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We had, you know, earlier than that, we had Jaws and Dragon Slayer, Clash of the Titans, Blade Runner. I mean, like on and on, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of like the right place at the right time, the right age. And uh, I just had always loved it. And um, my parents bought me makeup books and all kinds of stuff. I was always just screwing around with at home. And then I was going to, you know, I was taking a lot of art classes, but I didn't know that it was a job until Thriller came out. And then I saw behind the scenes of that. I'd seen this thing and they showed some behind the scenes of that. And I kind of um, started just continued to dabble in makeup. And I went to college. And while I was in college, I was working at a ski shop and they brought in a flyer for a makeup effects school that was Sandy Berman was running out by my house, which was so weird, um, oh, no. which I grew up in Southern California, but it still was, you know, Los Angeles could have been Mars as far as I was concerned. It was super far for me. I didn't know anybody in the film business. And, um, and I went, like, I went home with this flyer and showed my parents and said that I want to go to the school and they, and they let me do it. It was like a, I think it was like a four week course or eight week course or something. I took on the weekends while I was still in college. And during the summer, I went around, um, after I had finished the course, Sandy gave me, um, a whole bunch of places to apply to with my very limited skills that I had acquired from the school, um, and my little crummy makeup book. And I, um, I went around to apply as like an intern or maybe just like somebody that, you know, did was a runner or something. And, um, I applied at like five or six different shops and John Beekler was the one that called me back like a few, I think it was like maybe like a month later, or two months later. And said that he was starting another job and that if did I want to come and work 
um, you know, as an assistant or like a, a runner at the shop. And I was like, yes, I do. So I quit college <laughs> and said I would go back someday, you know, but, um, my parents were understanding and, um, it was a community college. So it wasn't like I was throwing a ton of money away. And <laughs> so I, uh, I, um, I started working there and I was driving from Agora, which, um, from North Hollywood, where the shop is to Agora is about a 45 minute drive. So I'd never even driven like two miles past my house for the most part. <laughs> so I was 18 and, um, I started working at John's and I was basically like a runner. I stocked equipment and, and expendables and all kinds of stuff. And then he started letting me do like assist with foam running and, he kind of started letting me just do everything. I mean, it was great. I mean, I wasn't like any, I wasn't proficient really in, in really much, but he was letting me do all kinds of stuff. And, um, I learned very quickly about how to do things and let me go to set with stuff. And it was crazy. It was, um, it was such a great learning experience. In fact, I thought that most shops function that way that you got to do stuff all the way through and take it to set. And of course I very quickly found out that is not the case at all. So, um, I really enjoyed my time at John's. John was a very lovely man. He was very nice to me. Um, I got paid a very tiny little bit of money, which was more money than I'd ever made as, as a part-time job. I think I was making a hundred dollars a week. And mm -hmm. so, um, but it was, I was rich, rich beyond measure in many ways <laughs> that I got to work for John and meet people that I still know today. I still know John Criswell, Tom Flouts, um, Bill Butler, Mike Deke, I know all those guys still, um, still chat with them, see them socially and, um, Howard Berger, um, so many people and Eddie Yang, lifelong friends, like people that I've known for 35 years. So, um, it was an incredible experience and, and I ended up going, I don't even know why, but I ended up getting to go to Rome to help out over there. I mean, I think they just took pity on me and were like, Oh, we'll just bring Aaron over for cheap hire. <laughs> so I ended up getting to go over and, um, and puppeteer on ghoulies too. I was there for like two weeks and, um, kind of run errands and stuff, everybody. And I really probably wasn't much help. It was just an incredible experience. And, um, uh, and I came back and worked, did, you know, worked on some other projects for John and ended up house sitting for him when he directed cellar dweller. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow. I just kind of, <laughs> I just kind of did whatever they asked me to. I was just eager and excited to learn. We we got a credit on Cellar Dweller. So was that for House Sitting or did you actually get to set on that one? <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> it probably should have been for House Sitting. He had a crazy dog and a crazy bird that I had to take care of. Um, but um, no, I did work on it. I did. Um, I luckily, um, I had some sewing background from high school, from from going, when I was in school, I took a sewing class. So not a lot of people were doing the sewing and I would, I sewed and made the interior suit for, um, for Mike Deke to wear. I made all the harnesses and everything for the inside, um, for, to keep him inside there. And I did some of the hair work and may have run foam on it. I mean, I was, I was running foam and doing all kinds of stuff that I probably had no business running because I basically had, I'd been taught in school and that was my education. That was it. Like a one weekend course. And then it was like, Oh, run the foam. I'm like, okay. And I just like would do it. So, um, you know, when John was passing, I went to visit him and um, he was in the hospital and, um, we had a little chat and stuff and, 
I was just thanking him so much for everything he did for me. And he said, well, you, you always would say yes. You were always the person that would say yes. You always put yourself out there. Even if you didn't know how to do it, you would learn really quickly. And I always really appreciated that he said that because I just, that's what was the other answer? No, I can't do it. You know, the answer was yes, that I, that that's how you learn. And he was the great thing about working for John was that there was a little bit of room for error where some jobs, there is no room for error. This job was working for MMI and working for the people that, um, that I was working for. There was a little bit of forgiveness factor in there. Especially when you're, I took myself so seriously then, which I, which is hilarious, but, um, I, I, I was trying to do my best job as a, an, like a completely, you know, um, unqualified 18 year old, you know, I should have been, I should have been in college. I mean, by the time I was, I should have been graduating college. I had been working in the film business for four years. So it's like, you know, you just get, you're getting your education as you're going. And there was, and that was what's great about working for John is that he had trained so many people um, in the beginning and he would just kind of like go put this monster in this car and go down to Venice and do this, get this guy in the suit and for this Roger Corman film. And it was like Scott Wheeler and I, Scott, I've known Scott, I just saw Scott the other day. I mean, I've known Scott that long too. Um, I used to pick Scott up at his house because he didn't have a car and I'd drive him to work. And um, I have such great, great memories of having so much fun with everybody, but I did work on, I mean, quite a few films when I think about it. I think I sculpted, uh, they were shooting The Caller at the same time as Ghoulies 2 in, um, yeah. in Rome. And uh, I think I sculpted his hands or something, his mechanical hands. I've I'm sure I have pictures of that somewhere, but I just had those, just those few, you know, back then, even, even now, I mean, but back then they, they really didn't want you taking pictures of anything. So I have just a handful of pictures. Um, there used yeah. to be a guy that worked for John named Roger. And I think he's passed away now. He had, um, he had brain cancer. Um, but he used to take a lot of photos and once in a while you'll, they, you'll just end up with a photo, you know? of something that somebody was like oh here's a picture that i found of you <laughs> like oh my god so well, mike deke's got a, a lovely one of you sitting outside satan's den uh with filth on the car i don't know if, i don't know if that's in billy's book or or what i know he gave it to me for mine but oh but uh I do, i'm sure i he'll, haven't he'll, seen that i'm sure he'd share it with you <laughs> i have a picture i have a couple pictures somewhere i gave bill a bunch of photos that I had, not a bunch, but I had like a couple of photos, picture of John Criswell and Mike Deke and I. And um, I think that was, I mean, literally I have just like a handful of photos. I mean, it's just, I mean, nobody could afford a camera back then. I mean, no one had any money. You certainly weren't making any money. So like to have like a camera was like a big deal, you know? So um, somebody would randomly take a photo, you know, like, once in a while you'd go to a party and you'd end up having pictures taken at a party. And then someone like, here it is like 35 years later, go, Oh, here's a picture of you. And you're like, Oh my gosh, look at that. So it's just, <laughs> it just wasn't like, nobody had any money. People were barely, you know, surviving on the meager paychecks they were getting, but you're, it, it was like getting paid a very tiny amount of money to go to school. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what kind of? I mean, you said you're on Ghoulies two for two weeks on location. I mean, what have you got? Anything that you could tell us that you can remember, like that happened a certain day, or what was? I mean, was it mostly sitting about? I mean, it, if you were puppeteering, you must it must have been a kind of an uncomfortable job at times. It was, but I didn't care. You know, it was like it was. 
I was learning so much. It was, you know, you're trying to get, you know, trying to get as much experience as you can. I, I'm trying, I think I probably was puppeteering maybe the cat ghouly. I think it could have been the fish ghouly. Um, I was on set with Tom Flouse. I got I helped get him into his suit and I watched them also blow up the fish ghouly, the giant fish ghouly. Oh, yeah. And um, I was part of, um, I was a little bit, I was there for like just a couple of weeks, but they did a lot in a couple of weeks. The set was incredible. It was this, you know, big sound stage. I mean, I, it was just amazing. I can still, you know, I very vividly can see the bumper cars and the little house of horror and all the, um, and there was a woman, I think she was an actress that they used to hang out with named Dixie. And she was one of the like belly dancer girls. She was in the movie. I barely remember going to the makeup room, but I didn't really know that much about that part of it really. Um, but we just, we'd always get the, we'd get all the ghoulies ready. When they would drive to work, we had one of those tiny little cars and all of us would go in the car together, but they'd put me in the back and the very back where that's you know, the tiniest little chunk space, like the, the, the little tiny space in one of those cars. And by the way, I'm like five, almost five, nine. I'm not a tiny person. So um, I was a little thinner then, but I, I was, I was back there. I would sit back there and go like, you know, whatever it was, 45 minutes to work from the Corsetti Mari, which was the hotel where everybody stayed and which was beautiful on the beach. And then we go to the studio and the studio was really amazing. And I worked there um, about I guess it was like 12 years ago now. Um, I worked in Rome. Uh, I worked in Rome actually several times uh, and we drove back to the studio to see it. And it was really super cool to see it again. Wow. And, nice. um, and it was still, you know, the same kind of, the same kind of look and everything. I tried to find the hotel again, but I couldn't find it. It was, I think, I mean, I just, it was just so long ago, but there was a couple of times when I was like on my own kind of just strolling about and there was, I got to see a lot of Rome and then we, we all, you know, the guys, I was, I've never been a big partier, but um, the guys like to throw down a lot. Like they like to have a lot of parties party time so they were all having a great time in their off time and um i did end up going to dinner with bill um ken hall who i still know also ken hall and bill and some of the actors i stayed in touch with john pennell for a long time after that we actually dated for a minute and i met him there um on on set and a really super nice guy and lost touch with him. But, um, we all went to dinner with Malcolm McDowell and, oh, wow. um, he took us all out to like the clubs. Like he was just Mr. Club guy. And so we all went to dinner and then we went to a club and we, he had like a driver and everything like with, you know, the big hmm. car and the whole bit. So we were all just crammed in there. We were, went to the dance clubs and had a great time. So, um, I had a, I had a blast. I was like, not, I was just going to be 19. <laughs> so, um, my parents were like, Oh, we're sending her off to Italy to be with, I mean, they didn't even have any information about me going off to this job. So, um, it was, uh, it was really a great experience. And, and, um, you know, on the way there, like I had, there was a layover in, um, on the way out of the States for like four hours or something. So I ended up missing my connection in Germany or somewhere and then had to 
get there and like at that time it was just pay phone so you'd kind of i didn't i I didn't have any clue about international travel (laughs) but managed to get some coins to call the cosette mari and have somebody come pick me up because i was like six hours late by the time i got there (laughs) so they came and got me and brought me back to the hotel and we had a grand old time it was like they just kind of those guys had been there so many times that they just kind of ran the place they ran the Cosetti Mari they ran that hotel and the people that that owned it were really nice but we just kind of like you know did what we wanted to do there it was great it was really fun it was a great experience I was, uh, I'm kind of curious. I mean, you said that you were kind of welcome into the fold uh, with Mike and Billy and whatnot, you know. I mean, was the FX business a bit of a boys' club back then? Oh, it, it, you know, it's changed a lot in the past, like, say, 15 years or so. But I think the only other person I can think of that I even knew at that time that was a woman was um, Karen Mason, was doing a lot of film fabrication and she did a lot of work um, for John. Mm. And then, um, and then um, Camille Calve, and that was it. I'd only heard of, I, I've heard, had heard of V Neal at the time. She was just starting to do some really cool stuff. And it was like, I think while we were there, she was doing, while I was working for MMI, she was doing um, Lost Boys. And so she was the department head of makeup on that, though. She wasn't, she wasn't in the shop at that time. So I only really knew a couple people. I later met Beth Hathaway when I worked for, Rick Stratton um, on Alienation, and mm-hmm. I think there was a couple other people, but like I didn't really, I didn't really know anybody. I mean, it was it wasn't the days of social media where you could find other people that were working, I and mean, we didn't have even the cell phones then. So, if you met somebody, you met them at a party, and then you were like, "Oh, it's another girl in the sex shop," you know. So I only knew Cal. I mean, I only knew Camille because she worked for Chris Biggs, and Chris Biggs' shop was just around the corner. A lot of those shops were right there: Mel, Chris Biggs, Greg Canham's, um, John's shop, and then there was like Boss Films was still around. That was in Marina Del Rey, and. And then um, I think Rick Baker was had just moved from North Hollywood. He was probably in, he might have been in Glendale at that time. I'm not positive, but I think that Greg took over Rick's shop. So you know it was like very little these little sparse shops like all over the place. And um, I think I met I met Bart Nixon and his brother Brad at that time. And um, I think there was also a company called All Effects that was in. Maybe that was in North Hollywood and there was real effects. So there was like, you know, there was like 10 shops and everybody just kind of started. You just kind of went around everybody's shop, whoever was working. You got on, got on the gang, but mm. they, you know, those guys were, I was so excited about working in the business. And I also loved having, like, I loved having fun and I loved the, how much, how silly and how much fun the shop was. And I just felt like I was, you know, part of something really cool. And, you know, Bill, Bill Butler and Mike Deke and those guys were all just hilarious. I mean, everybody was so funny. And so I ended up, I ended up just having a great time with them. And it was, it was, let's see, I'm trying to remember all the films I worked on for them. Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity, Ghoulies 2, The Caller. I think I worked a little bit on Ghost Town. I worked on, um, um, oh, I was going to ask you about Spellcaster. Yeah, I did work on Spellcaster, but I can't remember what I did on it. So a lot of it was <laughs> Camille. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there was like parts of it that were like, I don't know, actually, Spellcaster's the one with Adam Ant though, right? Yeah. Yes. You know what? I don't know if I worked on that one. Uh-oh. It might've been right before I got, that might've been right before I got there. Mm. Oh, well, you've got um, credit. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah, Maybe I yeah. did work on it then. Because a lot of those <laughs> a lot of those films were all kind of like done together. You know, like mm. they were like, Oh, here work on here work on this thing over here and you like worked on it and you didn't even know what it was for and then later it's like, Oh, that was for this project. And then it was um Garbage Pill Kids, worked on Garbage Pill Kids. Oh, um, oh okay. A little bit of arena and cellar dweller. And gosh, maybe a couple other things, and now I can't yeah. remember what else it was. But, but yeah, maybe Spellcaster was, but I can't remember what what, what I worked on on it. Like I, I can't remember what I kind of like run foam on it, and they might have given me a credit. Um, <laughs> you know, because that that's kind of how it was back then, is they just had all these projects going on at the same time, like tons of them. Um, mm. They would be like, oh, well, we got the money for this thing, and then it was kind of like how I'm not sure how it is in England, but like a lot of the way that construction work works here is that, you know, you, but you, you use the budget from one thing to pay for something else. And so it was kind right. of like that in the makeup effects business, like you got a job, but then you could finish this one and then this one would pay for the next one. And it was like, it rolled over everywhere. So, um, a lot of times it would be like, Oh, can you do a mold on this? Or can you take this to set? You wouldn't even know what you were doing. You were just like blindly doing it. And the crazy thing is like, how do we do anything with, without GPS back then? I mean, it was basically like, <laughs> here's a set of directions and just, you just drove there and you hoped you got there on time. I mean, it was, it's literally like, how do we even do that? It's crazy. Cause I can barely like go anywhere now without putting it in my ways app or whatever. So, um, it's, uh, it's crazy that we got anywhere. <laughs> maps we know we, we had maps in the car you had to pull over and look at it and then get on the back of the road yeah. <laughs> you're at... like flipped pages <laughs> <laughs> you're, one, you're one of the very few who's not only worked on a ghoulies movie but has also worked on a gremlins film yeah. um mm-hmm. that, that is right yeah that's that's I'm... not a that's that's correct that's the imdb being right <laughs> oh no that's right i worked okay. on it for about a year and a half oh, wow. I worked on it for a long time actually i was um I, I quickly realized that I was not going to be like the top sculptor, top painter type person, but I was really good at mold making. And so I did mold making for most of my career in makeup effects shops. And then I kind of switched over to doing finishing work, hair work, theming, um, all that stuff. Cause I kind of wanted to, I wanted to be on set more. And I, I realized after like four years of working, um, doing molds that that was not going to be how I got on set. So, I decided to kind of change paths a little bit and do um, finishing work more like hair work. And that was going to benefit me um, to be, uh, you know, on set and designing and day playing and all that stuff. So um, I kind of backed up a little bit and took a different road, Um, stopped working in shops so much and started working on commercials. And eventually I started department heading and um, doing, um, you know, to go, I went to, to, I was always taking classes and I took a class from Michael Westmore that was a day long seminar that taught you all out of kit makeup effects. And so I really, I learned a lot by, you know, watching other people and, um, and, but that was, but that's what it eventually came down to is that I was, I, I knew that I wasn't going to be getting on set by just continuing to be a mold maker. Um, but I worked on, I worked for Rick Baker for, I think it was like a year and a half. I worked on, worked on um, uh, 
Gremlins 2 and also um, with the Moonwalker video for Smooth mm-hmm. Criminal and I worked on a TV show he had called Something's Out There, which is like an, a big weird alien thing. So I worked for him for about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Gremlins 2. Uh, that was a good uh, job. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Ghoulies is better, but did the, did, did, I'm assuming the techniques and processes used on both Ghoulies 2 and Gremlins 2, they've got to be the same thing. I know it's a higher budget, but did did it compare in any way? Oh, no. I mean, the uh, they had they had time and money for Gremlins 2. Yeah. Ghoulies yeah. 2 didn't have either of those things. They had talented <laughs> people on it, but they didn't have time or money. And um mm. But I mean, to, but to see, you know, the one the difference for me is that I, you know, I got to be on set and like they had like a full a full carnival inside this downtown stage. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like you know, with like a carousel and like shooting games and a you know a like a a fun house and I mean it was crazy. Like to see something like that when you're 18 was like it would be cool today. I mean that that's that would be cool today to see on set. To walk oh, into yeah. a sound stage and that. see that. <laughs> no, it was really neat. I mean, it was like one of those. They had like one of those um, little car things that goes up in the air, like and flips around and goes back down again. I can't remember what they're called, but it was like a big ride. <laughs> and um, and they had, you know, like Royal Dano was there and um, Sasha Jensen and like the whole cast. I mean, it was like we were we were hanging out with all those people. It just seemed like that's what you just did. It was a small group of people too. Very small group, Mm. (laughs) but I learned so much. So it was a great experience. Sounds kind of like camping. It was totally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got got to, um, I've got to just mention a couple of uh, other titles because there's a couple of things I didn't realize you'd worked in and you're, you're actually uncredited. So you might turn around and say you didn't do it, but but please let us know. (laughs) Okay. So did you do anything on the, it miniseries. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, I worked on, go. um, I worked for, I worked for Bart Nixon. Um, I mean, I met so many people there that I ended up working with later. Um, but I did, the uh, dead bodies and worked on the spider. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. The, the famous spider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How come you didn't get credited then? Is that just a mistake that happens or? No, I mean, sometimes it's like on bigger jobs, like what, like Gremlins 2 or something, they have the room and the money again for putting a, a, a credit page on there. And uh, also certain people make sure that their team is credited. And then also like it, the, it, it was a TV show. And a lot of times people don't credit uh, crews on TV shows. So just put like the department head on. Um, over oh, the years, true. I've changed that a little bit and having my crew credited as much as I can. But it's um, but TV is TV is more like that where they don't credit yeah. people as much. Okay. Did you did you also do some, anything on H two O Halloween H two O? Yeah, I was on set for that. Uh, I did. Oh, wonderful. Um, I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my my girlfriend Tanya McComas was the department head, and so she brought me on that and she was Jamie Lee Curtis's personal makeup artist for a really long time. So I did like four or five projects with Tanya where okay. Jamie Lee was on. So Oh cool. And then I worked yeah, with Jamie just... Lee on Scream Queens, which was really cool. Yeah. Well yeah, we all know we <laughs> we know a lot about your recent career. <laughs> <laughs> you can't open a magazine without seeing a picture of your or something you've worked oh. on. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I got I gotta ask about Deep Star Six. It's one of my yes, films. Yes, Deep Star Six. 
I, I think they're doing a signing of that um, over at Dark Delicacies. I don't know if you guys oh, know wow. Dark Delicacies or not. Um, it's, I'll, I'll uh, it that one. There's a, yeah, a lot of great horror horror shops around where I yeah. live, right here in Burbank. But they're doing a signing of that. Um, yeah, I worked oh, on really? that for Mark Showstrom. Worked for Mark for a long time too. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, I did. Oh my gosh, probably seaming, foam, foam running, painting. I was on set for it. I, I was a runner. I mean, kind of jack of all trades. Wow. Joe of all trades. So you listed as so creature kind of, guy on that one. Yeah, I'm a creature guy. I was a creature guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my best credit. <laughs> creature guy. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, uh, Paul, yeah. do you want do you want the perfect question to end with? Because I think you've got a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if your next job to come up, if it was, if you were offered Gremlins Free or the Ghoulies Reboot, but you could only take one, which one, which one would you take and why? Which one, which one was it? It was Gremlins 3 and what was the other one? Uh, it'd be the new Ghoulies 5 or, the, or a Ghoulies Reboot. <gasps> <laughs> which would so you Where do your allegiances lie? Oh my God. <laughs> well, I guess if it was like a Joe Dante, Rick Baker situation for gremlins three yeah. might have to lean mm. that way but if it was like <laughs> the crew from Grem from ghoulies five yeah that would be amazing that would be so yeah. much fun to like revisit that of course everybody's probably crabbier now but um <laughs> but i think i mean that they both have their they both have incredible merits um but you know the it's the campiness of Goo the ghoulies franchise is is unbeatable <laughs> <laughs> it's like people love that stuff too it probably yeah. would make a killing is that it, were you aware of the first ghoulies before you got hired for the second one yeah oh yeah i was a big fan i was like i mean i try to remember when i thought a hundred dollars a week was gold you know was like a treasure <laughs> because i remember getting that paycheck and being like i am so rich I cannot believe how much money I have. And I, I just turned it into a check cashing place too. So I only ended up with like $86. So <laughs> I just thought, cause I was only making maybe 80, maybe $75 every three weeks as a part-time person. Um, so to get $86 for a whole week of work, that was amazing. So I try to remember that sometimes um, about when that was, when that was like <clears throat> a treasure. So um you know, that's just like a, I don't know. It was just, it, I, I, to, to Ghoulies 2 was like, what? I'm getting to work on a Ghoulies movie? Like, this is incredible. <laughs> so I was, I was already such a big fan and everything was just, um, you know, I try to remember the way I felt that way about it when I got that job, when I got a call to come and do that and to, you know, to drive so far when it was like 30 miles, you know, to drive so far to work was like, <laughs> and to like be with people that I liked and, um, you know, to be trying to do my best work, even though I had no experience was, you know, it's, it's something to always fall back on. And, um, I, I mean, I, I can't begin to tell you how grateful I am to John Beekler and to, um, learning how to, I can, I can put together or pull something off or, um, make something work on set because of John Beekler, because mm -hmm. 
of the way he taught me like fishing line and, and, you know, super glue and tape and all these things, you can make something work on set. Like you don't want to be wait, having people wait for you to, to make mm. something um, happen on set. They want to do it right now. So you have to learn how to do that. And that's, that's what he taught me is that you can make something work temporarily until you can fix it later. So that's, it's invaluable. A lot of people can't do that. And I can because of him. Wow. Yeah, I never get here. I never get. I never tire of hearing this. These these kind of little tidbits from your past. I mean, and, and, it wasn't and, you know, like sometimes. So, yeah, the, sometimes the work wasn't like you know the most extremely top notch stuff. But the lessons that we learned and the experiences that we were given and the opportunities that we had were invaluable. I just can't. I mean, I never can thank John enough. I've, I have a picture. I think I saw. I hadn't seen John in years. I saw him like the year before he passed away at um, Monster Palooza. He was signing pictures, and I kind of ran up to him and sat down next to him. And he was like, "There she is!" And it was just like so great. And he came to my Halloween. We have my husband and I have this huge Halloween party over here, and he and his son came to my Halloween party, and it was like he was like exalted, you know, people were just like, John Beekler, like they were so <laughs> excited to see him. And, you know, he was having some health issues then. I mean, besides the fact that he had health issues later, like the year after that, but to see him and, and chat with him and he was just, he was such a character. He was a, a real, really unusual guy. And um, I feel very, I, I completely benefit. My career has benefited because of him. And he took a chance on me with my little crummy makeup book. You know, so I'm, I'm forever grateful. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. This, this has been amazing, Aaron, and uh, I really appreciate you yeah. managing to fit us in because I know how busy you are. But it has I'm been so sorry. Pleasure. I feel so bad because I felt so bad because I was <laughs> the one time I totally I, I got busy. I I locked my keys in my truck and then I, I couldn't get my my phone was in there too. I never done that in my life. My husband had to come get me out and then um and then the other day i it said unknown when it came up and i just didn't answer it and i'm so sorry so uh, <laughs> thank you for being patient with me no, and when is your book going to come out oh the ghoulies were, oh god well unfortunately the whole covid thing delayed it um it yeah. was supposed to be out last halloween and at the moment i haven't oh. got a date unfortunately but you know, the pictures that you very uh, generously sent my way are going to be in it and uh Oh, I know obviously great. your interview. So yeah, it will be, it'll get here. And when it, when it does, I'll give you an email and give you a heads up, but um, fingers crossed soon. Okay, cool. If I come across, I've been cleaning out stuff and I keep finding, <laughs> I'll find these little random pictures. So if I find something else that kind of pops up, I will, I will send them to you. Cause once in a while I find something like I'll find a picture of a gay Bartalos or somebody, you know, oh, wow. um, a, a random picture will fall out of something. I'm like, Oh my God, look at that. So if I find something else, I'll send it your way. Oh, please. Yeah, actually, because the, the one thing that we can change and add to are the images so right up to print. Oh, so if you do find anything, I'll mm -hmm. gladly put it in there. That'd be fantastic. I will. I will. <laughs> Thanks so much, Erin. Have a yeah, great day. You. You're so welcome. You too. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Right, take care. Bye.